Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 62. My guest this week is Kirsty Moore from the Reality TV and Me podcast. She is fantastic. I am obsessed with her Aussie accent and can't wait for you guys to hear this week's episode. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a listener who reached out to me about a month ago on Facebook to thank me for talking about reproductive health um, on Twitter and said that she was going to Planned Parenthood for the first time to get an annual exam. So thank you so much for reaching out. Just a reminder that my DMs are open on Twitter and Instagram. Love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for listening and If you haven't done so yet, would love if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review if you like it. Now it's time to get into Luann's diva behavior, the wrap-up of the Vanderpump Rules reunion, and stoned Mauricio. Hi, everyone. I am here with Kirsty Moore from the podcast Reality TV and Me, and we are going to get into all of the Bravo gossip and shows from this week. All right. I'm so excited. Do you want to start with New York? Oh, please. Yes. Yes. Okay. I love these women. There can be no storyline, and it's still the most compelling Housewives show on television. This is the single greatest show on TV at the moment. Like, last year, I remember feeling that way about Vanderpump Rules. I mean, we'll get into that later. And these days, like, I just feel very uh, uncomfortable with VPR. But Roni, I'm like, fuck, yes, give me more. This is, it actually gives me life every single time I watch it. I cannot imagine the highs and the lows that these women go through oh. within a five-minute period, I, I like, have to pause to, like, get myself. To, I'm like, wait, they're, they're okay with each other again? What? I know. <laughs> Even, like, every time I see basically Ramona interact with anyone, I'm like, wait, when did they, when did they get on the same level and get cool again? And I think everyone's just kind of just sighing and forgives her for all of the bullshit they've put her through through the years. Because, like, well, that's just Ramona. But now it's Lou, and I'm like, oh, no, this season is her worst yet. Like, I'm really, like, every time she comes on the screen, I'm like, my stomach flips, and I'm, like, clenching. It's just uncomfortable. It is. I had an interesting, so I was at a wedding last weekend, and I am friendly with um, Lou's, 
niece. Shot your face. Yes. Well, there, she has many, <laughs> there are many people in the family, right? She's like one of six siblings and they all, okay. you know, have kids. And so she's got many nieces and nephews. But it sounds like, you know. But this isn't this niece that dated no. Carol's boyfriend. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Just getting the story straight. Yeah, no, but it's. You know, she was saying that Lou is doing so much better than she, you know, obviously a year ago was not great. Yeah. And she's, like, really loving doing touring and doing the cabaret show. But I obviously mean, well, yeah, we can see it's that coming across it. a bit <laughs> crazy right now. I am yeah. planning to see it in two weeks. She's coming You're to seeing D.C. You're it in two weeks? Yes, she's coming to Washington, oh. D.C., um, which is not a place that a lot of Bravo Lebs go, but also Stassi's coming here in September, and I think I have tickets for that. Have for her check. book launch, or um, what's I, that for? I think she's doing a like live podcast. Cabaret show? <laughs> yes, Stassi. <laughs> she's that, in the ring? That I would love. So I it'll be die. exciting to see, because I think it's going to be all of these crazy people like me coming out of the woodwork and, you know, taking off their federal government badges and just getting <laughs> drunk and shouting Giovanni. <laughs> I I mean, everyone I've spoken to that's been to this show basically has said, you, you have to be drunk. You have to be as drunk as everyone else in the crowd or you're not going to enjoy yourself. <laughs> And I think that's what, like, the hole that Lou, Lou Ann's fallen into. It's like, well, everyone else is shit-faced and they seem to be having a ball. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, so the one thing I really don't think I could ever get on board with with these women is the fact that they are drinking so much in front of Lou Ann and at times that I think it's unnecessary to have alcohol. I, right. I will stand by this. I feel like if I had a friend who is newly sober, why – why make her uncomfortable yeah. by all everyone is partaking and not just having a glass of wine, right? But having Getting a bottle face. themselves. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary. I feel like if she was maybe five years into her sobriety and very strong and was saying, you know what, it's fine, I'm cool with it, that's one thing. But she's so new into her sobriety. Even give her a good six months. <laughs> yeah, give her like, some time. I know, but I think that's just part of, I mean, these, like, we look at Tinsley, we look at Sonia, these women are also alcoholics in their yeah, own way, you know, it's, very... they don't look the same way as Luann, yes. Dorinda, like, they've all got, okay, I shouldn't say alcoholic, they've all got problems Unhealthy with relationships with alcohol. Yeah, 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 and so for them to give that up, you know, I think for the sake of Luann, I think would be uh, almost impossible for them. But I completely agree with you. That's, I think, what, you know, would happen in, in the real world. But <laughs> this is it's, the New York housewife. It's just, like, <laughs> so shocking to me. Can they not drink? Like, are, Can they not not drink? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, think it's they can. so shocking. Like, just put it down for a weekend. You're going to upstate New York. And then Tinsley, right as I'm thinking this, says, well, we're going upstate, so I have to drink. <laughs> I, oh, my God. Tinsley actually had me in stitches this episode, like, with the cabaret drinking game. And, and I'm sure it was all the editors, but every time they just, like, pander her, taking, picking up her drink and taking a sip. She's like, well, I play by the rules. I'm, I'm what is it, point A 
Type A oh, personality. Type A personality. I love it because I, I like her being a little shady. I'm, I don't want a little, you know, poor me, Tinsley. Yeah, I like her getting in, you know, dirty with everyone. I appreciate that. Me too. That. I'm really enjoying her this season. Me I, you know, too. I was sort of bored by her at the start, but I'm, yeah, she's sort of found her feet now. And, and, and I really like what she adds because she's got that level of vulnerability and, um, this like anxiety that eats her alive, but then she does have these moments where she's just super shady and I don't, I'm enjoying it much more than in the past, but she's we do fun. have to, while, sorry, go on. Sorry. I've been oh, chopped no. at you. you I just ahead. don't want to miss the news on Lou that's just come out yes. yesterday. So I only, I haven't seen much about this. So do you want to, do you want to fill us in? Well, what I think happened, so she went back down to West Palm Beach, not to be confused with Palm Beach. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. Where she saw, um, uh, she was back in court for violating her probation. She had two mimosas on April 22nd, I think, after... Oh, they actually have the dates. Yeah. And, like, so someone was watching her? What's well, the... Or she... So she volunteered the information. She went right. in for a test and said, I had two mimosas after my cabaret show in Chicago. And I had some friends who were at that show, and they said it wasn't that great. And I think it was maybe mm. her first show that didn't really do as well. The It was that the Chicago Theater, I think it was too large <clears throat> of a venue, and people maybe expected more. It just... That it wasn't mm. as good of a show. I think she felt that it wasn't as good of a show. People were talking right. throughout. And so she had a couple mimosas afterwards. She tested positive for alcohol, but right before she tested, she said, I did have two mimosas after this show. So does she do like random breath testing or is it an everyday thing she's meant to do? It's definitely not an everyday thing, but I do think it is a random, I don't know when it happens. Right. But her probation officer said, okay, we think you should either go back to rehab or you can wear an ankle monitoring device that can tell if you have alcohol. And she said no to both of those things. She won't go to rehab because she's got her cabaret show. And she doesn't want to wear the ankle device because it messes with her uh, outfits for the cabaret show. Yeah, that's, I mean, she can't make the rules, you know? Like, it just, <laughs> she's just like, well, no, sorry, the law doesn't suit me. It's Haven't so you heard? insane. So the probation officer recommended her to go back to this, you know, judge. So I guess she, I don't really understand what happened in court. They did handcuff her and put her back in jail, but it sounds like she was out in a matter of hours mm-hmm. and that she is now required to go to, I think, like, psychiatric counseling or something. And let me check, actually. Let me look at this. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I honestly think that that would be – because, look, people – this is just my experience from – I've been – I've had addiction problems myself and I've been to rehab and I just sort of – people don't have addiction problems generally because they're – you know, they're happy. Usually there's something going on, whether it's a mental illness or it's a grief or it's, you know, she's probably still mourning the loss of her relationship and all that shit that went down. I think it's really sensible that she has some kind of psychiatric care because that's, 
if they're not getting to the bottom line of what's causing you to be addicted to a substance, then you're never going to get better. I mean, right. it's your band-aid. The thing I was most actually concerned about, I, it's hard to know if someone's an alcoholic, right? I, I'm definitely mm. not sure about those things. I think sometimes people have unhealthy relationships with alcohol that can change if their underlying issue gets solved. Totally. So, so for me, what I was most concerned about hearing about her was this sort of manic state she appeared to be in when she was calling people, asking for money, wanting to make these that insane purchases. Wild. That to me is so much more concerning than her getting shit fixed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? What what has been, has this always been going on? Is this kind of a reaction to, I, I don't know. So well, here I mean, are the it, new terms it, of her probation. Okay. okay. Her probation is scheduled through the end of the summer. She must call into weekly counseling sessions, attend monthly psychiatric sessions, and keep a breathalyzer in her car. I mean, that sounds... Like, I basically do those things anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I sound fine just to keep you kind of afloat. Yeah. (laughs) If someone was paying, if the government was paying for my freaking psych care, I'd be like, this is brilliant. (laughs) I wonder, I don't know if the government covers it just because they say you have to do it. Oh, she can afford it. Yes, exactly. On her, on her, on her cabaret career. My country doesn't have the best uh, track record uh, yeah, that's of right. I <laughs> care for people. But no, don't get sick. I think it's really smart. And, you know, just because people go to psychiatric um, sessions doesn't mean they're on medication. And even if they are on medication, that's fantastic if that's what she yeah. is, you know. And and maybe it's because she is on medication, she shouldn't be drinking with it. May, I, that could be it. Like, you know, the mix, mixing can really, mixing the uh, psych medica- medication with alcohol really can change the effects of it and, you know, uh, really accelerate them or do almost do the opposite in some cases. Yeah, it's uh, whatever is going on is not normal. I know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an SEO. But who, well, who was saying, was it, uh, somebody said to, was it uh, to Dorinda or to Ramona about they're taking pills or something like that? Was that for next week? Oh, that might be next week. Oh my God. I don't think I I'm saw that. such a jet lag haze that I'm just like, somebody's taking pills. Everyone's I don't know. Well, taking honestly, pills. Honestly, aren't they all? like Everyone. <laughs> I mean, th- we'll talk about it when we go into Vanderpump, but it became yeah. clear on the reunion, like how much substance abuse is going yeah. on amongst this group yeah. and, and considered and normal. the thing is, they think it's okay because it's Adderall. It's a medical you know, um, doctor's given it to you, so therefore it's, like, it's okay. And it's like, well, that's still essentially speed. <laughs> like, you're yeah. just getting... And like, it depends just, how you use it, too. Totally. I mean, you shouldn't yeah. use it with alcohol, you shouldn't snort it, uh, which yeah. is what the cast of Summer House is known to do. Oh, really? They're open about it. Um, Hannah was on a different podcast and mentioned that Carl was snorting it because he had wow. bloody nose. And that's I don't watch Summer House, but maybe I should. Well, that's why they're able to – they stay awake all night. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, that's not normal. You can't – I can't. Uh, I'm – 
I'm in bed by like nine o'clock these days. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I am it. an elder. <laughs> well, you know who else was in bed early was Bryn, Bethany's daughter. Who, oh my god! Yeah, this was so interesting. So uh, on Halloween, Luann had a show. And all the ladies came to watch her perform, and she was supposed to go on at 11. It was 11.45, and Bethany's like, you know what? I got to get going. I have my daughter at home. My housekeeper is watching her. I need to relieve her of watching Bryn, and I want to be able to go to bed so I can wake up and have breakfast with my daughter and send her off to school like Mm -hmm. a normal parent. And like a good parent. Like a good parent. <laughs> and Luann was so upset that Bethany left before she came out on stage. But Bethany was there for three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. I, mean, I wouldn't <laughs> stay at a venue. Like, I wouldn't. Oh, I can't imagine I wouldn't do that it. for, like, my best friend. You know, I've, I have had friends come out and watched me perform and stayed out for you know, a long time in the sun. And I am like apologizing profusely. If anyone even bothers to come and see me, um, let alone spend money on a ticket or, you know, like travel, I'm like kissing the ring, like thanking them. This is what I don't get. That's what I don't get about Luann. She's just like, I mean, it's got to be like narcissistic personality disorder or something because she just cannot see, like Bethany was saying, that anybody else has a life. <laughs> right. Anyone but life. her. No one else has yeah. problems. And it's so, so wild. It's so interesting to me because, you know, she was like, well, she's just sleeping. Is she going to go home to watch her sleep? <gasps> and that became clear. It's like when you were a mother, you were out all the time. And that's yeah. the excuse that she gave herself. She's like, well, they're just <sighs> sleeping. I'm I sure didn't that's think what she of told that. herself. You're so right. You go oh, back, you know, ten seasons, and Noel is kind of like, "Oh, are you going out again?" Aww. You know, he's always making those comments, and she was always going out, and that was the excuse she probably gave. And mm. it's just not okay to judge how other people parent. You know, I'm not a parent, well, maybe, but like, I mean, especially if it's just about being around for their kids. It, exactly. I mean, that's and all look, it is. Maybe. Maybe Bethany did want to go home and just watch her daughter sleep. Fine. Yeah. Maybe she just feels safer being the carer of her own flesh and blood than having someone else do it. Like, uh, that all makes perfect sense to me. And like you, I'm not a mother either. And Luann is a mother. Like, she should know. But you're right. Like, when you kind of take a step back, I mean, yeah, that says a lot about her parenting. And Yikes. not that there's anything wrong with that, right? Like, if you want to go out and your it's kids are at home right sleeping. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, no, I mean, like, people yeah, have, no, I you know, especially working mothers, you know, you can't and always be around yeah. and single parents. You have to have a life, you know, that's beyond your kids for your own totally. sanity so you can be a good parent to them. So I'm not trying to judge her, but you, she definitely should not be judging Bethany. And when Bethany tried to get an apology, Luann said, mm. well, I'm sorry you weren't able to see me perform. <laughs> That was fucking wild. Oh, what I'm are you saying? How Luann's like reaction to this will be watching it back because I know they just filmed the reunion last week. Mm. Yeah, so it'll be quite interesting. It also sounded like she knew she was in the wrong, but didn't like being ganged up on. She didn't like yeah, the so way that it was defensive. happening. That's yeah. that's sort of what it sounded like to me. And then. 
you know, Bethany's like, well, while we're talking about all this stuff, can we go back to the Berkshires and how you talked about me not nicely and the Berkshires, Mm. you know, like calling me Queen Bee, saying that I have to have this special room. And Luann eventually did apologize for that, which, you know, great. (laughs) Yeah, and Bethany's just like, I mean, I'll accept it, but it wasn't the best apology. She's like, oh, like dragging it out of it, like blood from a stone. She's like, fuck it, I guess I'll accept it. (laughs) And it is interesting that Luann says, you know, I'm so grateful for everything Bethany did for me with the intervention and getting me help, but she feels like Bethany uses that card too much. Oh, man. I don't think Bethany would ever use that card if Luann wasn't behaving the way she was. That's my personal... I I have never even felt like it was a card. I felt like it was like, you know, Bethany has been there, and she was there for this show. She Like, that that was a thing that Luann just couldn't hear. It's like, she's like, oh, I just wish you, you know, you'd seen me, you know, you'd been there. She's like, I was there! (laughs) fucking hell you weren't there you were the one who was not there I mean and then Dorinda a mad woman in her testimonial says and this is so interesting that it came out this week of all weeks says you know Luann doesn't like to be held accountable and I don't think she ever really likes to apologize and I don't know Mm. if she's ever truly apologized for her arrest and how she treated that officer yeah, wow. And then that same day that this aired, she's back in court. So we do get the sense that she has a problem with accountability. There really seems to be an excuse for everything, an explanation yeah. for everything. Yeah, and she's she's very good at trying to talk herself out of things and talk yourself around until the other person just gets tired, you know, and when like, this battle isn't worth my fight. Like, so right. she thinks that she's won, but really they're just like, dude, I can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. <laughs> Got other shit to do. Now, whose side would you be on in this situation? Luann wanted all the ladies to go see this performer in oh, no. Kingston, New York. An Man, can't buy your Man, can't buy your clock. And Ramona, Bethany, and Dorinda were like, you know what? No, we're not driving the 20 minutes that way to go see this woman. We're going to do our own thing. What would you have done? I, well, honestly, I would pay good money to see that woman perform. I I mean, 100%. That (laughs) made my... (laughs) That made my life. But I can completely understand... When, when Bethany was like, you know what, not everyone has to love Cabaret. Like, that's that's fine. They don't. Fine. And they're yeah. so over this kind of, the like, the Luann show. They needed a breather. They wanted a break, and I fully support that. But I do think they missed out in this <laughs> in I think this they regard. missed out, too. I feel bad that Tinsley didn't like it. <laughs> I love oh my God. I love cabaret. I love show tunes. I love Me too. small venues with weird people <laughs> singing. I love that stuff. So I totally would have done it. But, but was this friend, woman yeah. even a performer? Like she couldn't seem to play the piano or carry a tune. She's just this crazy Cuban woman who turns up and starts yelling, "Money can't buy your car." <laughs> It's like, so funny. What's I, going on? I, maybe she used to be a performer, but 
in her current age with her current vocal fry. <laughs> Just brilliant. And Tinsley's like, best rendition ever. <laughs> <laughs> now, at the same time, what was going on was so interesting because Ramona and Bethany were really bonding. Yeah. And they were at the Terrapin uh, restaurant or club. The Turtle or Restaurant. The Turtle Restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I really, really appreciated this scene, probably more than anything else they've shown all year, because it was really them opening up about the abuse that they saw from, yeah. you know, their fathers growing up, how their fathers treated their mothers, and how they were basically trying to break the cycle. I loved that. And and like everyone was, like um like Bethany and Dorinda were saying, you know, it was so nice to see Ramona talk about this really awful time and, you know, shaping time of her life, of her childhood, who, you know, it can really make you understand who she, how she is, this kind of very um, brittle but strong, like, kind of guarded person. It makes you understand a lot of her. Um, but talk, her to talk about it in an, with vulnerability rather than as an excuse or as a, yeah, playing that card, you know, because that already gets people like up on the defensive. It it was very redeeming for Ramona, which, you know, she's needed for a few years now. Yeah. I also, <laughs> it made me sort of understand how she's able to forgive and forget with mm. her friends because I feel like as a kid, she must have had to kind of each day reset, you know, yeah. and as a survival tactic growing up in a household with so much violence. And so for her to be like, okay, all's forgiven, let's move on. You know, yeah, I always you kind of have to. How do you do that? But it sounds oh, like that's something that she had to do over and over again. Uh, I can't even imagine. It would just been so much anxiety all the time. I can't imagine at all. It was horrifying hearing their stories you yeah know? and for and Dorinda was like sorry if I ever did anything mean to you sorry if I was to mean Bethany. To you. <laughs> she's like you could still be mean to me <laughs> and that's true there's no you know this isn't a card to play to get out of any situation where Bethany had said or done anything rude or mean she still wants to be held accountable and I appreciate that about Bethany exactly and and that's where Luann is the complete opposite she's mm-hmm. like well I had this one bad thing happen to me and you know becoming an addict and all this stuff in the breakup and and therefore I deserve all of your support and love and affection until I am healed and it, like to jump into Vanderpump, it's exactly what Katie was saying. She's like, "Well, I had a brain injury. I've been through some shit. So there." And like James's parents just got a divorce. I was like jaw to the floor. I thought that was so disgusting because first of all, he's been through a lot more than his parents just getting divorced, and mm-hmm. that is quite traumatic for a lot of people. Yeah, but. She was saying, basically, she's basically being the Luann of it all, saying, well, because my tragedy is bigger than your tragedy, I deserve love and affection. And, you know, I get to take it away from him. And I was just like, gross, Katie. That's so interesting. I had such a different take on that. Did you? Yeah. Well, I, I don't appreciate how it came across, but Katie's parents got divorced when she was like a few years ago. Um, And it was not easy. And so I feel like she's like, I went through it too. It just wasn't featured on the show where you saw the pain that I was going through. Mm. So Yeah, I I didn't even know about that. I remember it was mentioned like once or twice, um, especially ahead of her wedding. And 
then also I think her whole thing is just she's gone through stuff and so have other people on the show and they're never shown in a sympathetic light by the, the producers. And I think she's just frustrated that James has been shown in this light because you could give that edit to any of them. But Katie oh my god, especially. you're so right. That's it's what I felt like she was so trying well. to say, but she's so bad at articulating her points. She comes across so like a sourpuss. Nasty. She do, for me, and I think that's what it is. Like she just comes across so nasty to me. She looks like she just is kind of extremely malicious toward anyone she just decides to not to not like. She hates her husband, and and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, what is going on with this girl? And then I look at James, and be- I think because he kind of came onto the scene while I was getting sober and getting clean and stuff, I just developed such a soft spot for him. So literally, yeah. he can be like hurling abuse at people, and I'd be like, oh, Jamesy. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? Because this is something that um, Kristen said. She called it empathy. That the producers, no matter how many horrible things the men on Vanderpump Rules have done, they're always cast in this certain light, and we always have this like soft spot for them. Oh and the my women god! Who really, if you look That's... on paper, they don't do that as many bad things. We think they're nasty and rude and ungrateful, and you know. And when you look at it on paper, all the things Jax has done, yet we still oh. sort of root for him, and we're like, "Well, that's just Jax, or that's I just know. James," you know. Or, oh my god, or, I'm oh, part oh, of the problem. Schwartz, you know, <laughs> he made out with someone, but whatever. It's just marriage vows. Like, <laughs> oh man, I feel like I'm part of the patriarchy. Oh, but you're so right. Are, right? Because I yeah. love Schwartz. I have this soft spot for him. But when I hear Kristen say this and how it feels, the, the women on the show feel like it's a little unfair how they're portrayed. I missed that. Did she say that in the reunion or is that no. somewhere else? This is, I listen I, to like every time they're on any podcast ever. Oh, okay. Because I'm so, like, I wasn't there for that. <laughs> she said it. I'm trying to remember where she said it, but I it really stuck with me. And I believe that Ariana said it um, again on Danny Pellegrino's podcast where she said mm-hmm. she felt that th- the men sort of get a more sympathetic edit overall on the so show. So true. And, but, you and know, society just that loves to abuse. hate women. It does. And, and women love to hate women, right? Yeah. Like, we have yeah. the people, if you could list everyone on any show that I dislike, they're probably mainly women. Yeah, wow. You're, oh, this is just amazing. I feel bad just about it. just my mind. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. But I just really don't want to side with Kristen Doty on this one. <laughs> but you don't have to. I, that's the thing. Is I don't think you have to side with them to know that maybe it's a little unfair and, and how yeah. we portray these or how we view these people, a lot of it has to do with the edit that they get. And I think... See, that I always forget that. I, I just James assume that got... their whole life is in that 40 minutes <laughs> that I see every week. <laughs> I think I used to feel that way. And then after seeing... like. There has to be some other stuff James has done for why they hate him as much as they do. It cannot be because he keeps calling Katie fat. That is not the reason they all hate him. That that can't be. Yeah. Must you know? be like little nitpicky things, you know, again and again. And the thing with James is that he goes for the jugular. 
Like he will yes. pick out somebody's like when he's backed into a corner. And I don't think he's a kind of mean person just for the sake of being mean. I feel like he gets attacked and he feels like he's like a dog backed into the corner and has to bite. But when he does bite, he is really good at picking out someone's deepest insecurity and using that against them. And that's why I think it hurts so much. Because mm-hmm. Yeah, because he'll call like, you know, Jack's old or Katie fat. And these are things that they're extremely self-conscious about deep down inside, whether or not they kind of admit to it or not. But it's, yeah, I think that that's why he sort of can penetrate so hard. Yeah. I had a question for you Mm. Uh, as someone that has gone through sobriety, wanted to hear your thoughts on Lala because they talked Mm. in this, you know, episode three of the reunion (laughs) about her anxiety being caused by alcohol. And Mm. I I don't know a lot about alcohol-induced anxiety, but watching her on the show, it seemed like she was on something other than alcohol. Am okay. I crazy? This, is, <laughs> this, I mean, look, I don't know what she does, right? I, yeah, and I am so no expert of, at all. Anything I'm about to say is alleged. Yes. But this, when I watch Lala have a meltdown like that, like, look, alcohol can certainly trigger every person's brain differently. You know, I used to have, like, rage blackouts <laughs> when I would drink, so... Who knows? Yeah. Like maybe that, maybe it is something like that. Mm-hmm. But first of all, you can't drink for four days straight, morning to night, without doing something else. Sorry, you just can't. Like you'll you'll die or fall asleep or pass out or something. And so I believe, and that anxiety attack, I mean, she's either on Adderall like they're all taking, but why wouldn't she just admit it? I think she's like hardcore into the Coke and I think she's stopped drinking so that she can just, because maybe she's like, well, these two don't mix well together for me. I think I don't think she's drug free. I think she's still doing all that other shit. I think she's just not drinking. That's my opinion. Interesting. But yeah, that anxiety attack that seems like a come down to me. That kind of anxiety comes from uh, in my history <laughs> from a come down. Like that's that's panic. That's just like a molly drop or like coming it off a right. or something. Like, it looked like it, that to me, and I don't it, even have never even done anything like that. It didn't look like a hangover. It didn't look like she's just drunk and you know freaking out. Like I don't know. That's my that's my humble opinion, not knowing anything about her background, but just from and I have anxiety and, and mm. but. When I have, or when I used to get panic attacks, I didn't want anyone to touch me at all. Like, I didn't want anything touching me. I didn't want fabric touching me. I would take a sweatshirt off. Like, I would feel overheated. So for her to want all these people touching her, that was so confusing to me. But of course, no people's anxiety is the same. Uh, But it just seemed to me... Sure. I agree with your theory, but I actually think maybe she's sober now. But it's easier to say you're off alcohol than it is to say you're off cocaine. You think she's off everything? Maybe. Yeah, perhaps. I'm not sure. I have doubts. I have doubts. I'm not sure. I I mean, obviously, I I don't know either. But I just feel like she's going to be this kind of person that's going to test the waters and be like, oh, well, if I'm not drinking, which is the main, you know, concern in my life, then I'll eliminate that and then eliminate all of my problems. And then she's going to, you know, come down to 
you know, the get off the drugs and then she'll be like, oh, what, but why am I still feeling shit? And then she'll have to take the drugs out of the equation and then she'll still be on prescriptions and then she'll take them out of the equation and eventually she'll learn that she actually just has to be completely clean and sober. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think we'll see next season because I think it will completely mm-hmm. change her to not to, like, have moved through some of her grief because it's hard to tell when you're grieving because she's obviously enraged by her tragedy, which, you know, that happens. Yeah. Um, like, that's how her emotions are handling it. So it's hard to tell because when you're so angry like that, you know, that could be drug-driven or that could be her grief or it could be a combination of both. So... Yeah, I think like I think the future shall shall show what will what will be. It's just very interesting. And then they mm. also the two other time substances were mentioned. One was a couple episodes ago when at the reunion when they were talking about James and Tom Sandoval, who I think was the voice of reason throughout this entire oh reunion. My God. Was... All of my notes for VPR are <laughs> Tom is the only saving grace. I love Tom. Yeah. Tom is a god. Like, <laughs> he really is so much. Being very honest, and I think with, with all, with his friends, with everyone, and he said something about to James, you know, the problem isn't as much your drinking as it is when you mix it with uppers. Yeah. That's yeah. what he said. And I was like, yeah. uppers? I'm like, Googling. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What, what do they What's mean by <laughs> What, what is it? Because I, all I could think of was Coke or Adderall. I, I'm pretty sure was, he meant cocaine. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing about cocaine and alcohol, and I forgot how I know this. I think I have a friend who did a bunch of research on this. But basically... I going to say a bunch of drugs. <laughs> no, no. Like, who's like a pharmacologist and who said okay. that when you drink alcohol and you do cocaine, you feel sober. But the reason for yeah. that is because the like molecule changes into a like a mix of cocaine and alcohol that is just a different kind of a high but it doesn't wow. mean you're sober but it tricks your brain into thinking like I could totally drive now I can yeah. walk straight and you can walk straight but it's a different thing it's it's, it's true and that's why that's what I meant when I say you know, Lala couldn't be awake drinking four right. days straight without also yes. taking coke because you, she just couldn't. You know, like that's that's what I mean. That kind of, um, yeah, that because it does. It does trick you into feeling sober. You know, like it's it's wild. And then there's Stasi, who has many seasons ago opened up about how she would do Adderall in order to film and in order to drink without getting drunk. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I thought that she pulled back on that, but it sounds like she was doing it again, and it was what was leading to her dark passenger coming out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a very similar situation because, I, I mean, it's an upper as well. So whatever, you know, whatever they were referring to with James is going to be similar with in Stasi's situation because they are all drinking, you know, a lot. And it's calmed down in a few of them, but it's gotten worse in others, and then if they certainly are mixing anything else in the equation, it's just, you know, it's it's going to be a mess. And then they're probably on prescription, um, you know, medication for, I'm assuming for anxiety or depression yeah, or whatever else. Yeah, Xanax. Right. That's a fucking cocktail right there. That's like, Xanax is, gonna, is a downer, alcohol's a downer, and Adderall's an upper, then whatever else is in the mix, like... That's a fucking, you're on a trampoline right there, babe. <laughs> I always feel bad. Like, are we as 
viewers and fans of these shows like pushing these people to do this stuff because it sounds like filming is so long that that's mm-hmm. what leads people to do Adderall. It's not like it's so fun for them, but they want to be able to film and get as many hours of screen time. Well, it's like any, you know, you hear about it with students um, doing degrees and, you know, then they taking like Adderall and shit just to get oh, through their studying 100%. and stuff. The first time I ever saw anyone snort anything was in the library. So. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, in college. <laughs> I was never that hardcore. Fuck me. I wasn't. I was like, what are people doing? We're in the library. That's madness. Is that crazy? Shout out to the university. I don't don't think we can take any blame for it. I understand where you're coming from. But basically what I'm saying is there are, for every maybe, you know, 5% of people that are doing drugs to get through their studies, there are 95% are doing it successfully without that. So, I mean, I have to sort of think yeah. about their filming schedule in the same light. You know, if, if, with, like, with like Luann, if we'd waited maybe a year, two years, three years for her to have a really nice stronghold on her sobriety, she could easily do a cabaret show where she's surrounded by people that are drinking and in that environment without feeling, you know, um, too, too pulled into drinking herself. But we just didn't wait long enough, basically. So I, I think, you know, you can relax on, on taking on the world's problems with that one. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to stop watching, that's for sure. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking myself out of feeling guilty because I want to I mean, keep watching. I just started feeling a little more guilty when they mentioned filming and, like, how long it is. And I'm like, ooh. But you know what? <laughs> Whatever. So... I had two other questions for you on Vanderpump. Mm. One was about Kristen and Carter and how Kristen like can no longer go to Katie and Stassi to complain about her relationship. Yeah, that was hard to watch, actually. I, if if there was ever a moment in time that I had felt compassion for uh, Kristen, it was that moment. And there are very few and far between. But just her saying, your kind of love isn't working for me, I could, I, I really could hear that. And they, she, Katie was like, just kept getting more aggressive and like, well, this is what you need to hear. Like, I'm sorry. If Kristen went to her and was like, don't marry Schwartz. He's like a limp dick, you know, waste. Like, <laughs> Cheats on you. Alcoholic. Yeah. Cheaty, cheater. She'd be like, she'd lose her fucking mind. That's not tough love. That's just being a dick to your friend who needs your support right now. And so, I don't know, I think it's important to have those conversations if you recognise certain patterns in in your friend and her heartbreak or whatever. But at the end of the day, people are going to make their own decisions and you're either going to be there to support them or not. So I felt that was pretty rough. I did too. Although I feel like, again, Katie and Stassi's frustration with Kristen has less to do with the actual issue and more to do with how she's being portrayed on camera because Kristen's relationship isn't being torn apart on camera they don't have that many scenes of her and Carter filming yeah why is that is that because Carter doesn't want to film that much or I feel like they don't show it when the cameras are on Oh, okay. I feel like they, her and Carter, just won't fight that much when the cameras are on. Right. So it's not as interesting to watch. They just don't show it. Yeah, Whereas, okay, that makes sense. I think, you know, K- 
Katie and Stassi do show the nasty sides of their relationships and kind of are like, come on, Kristen. And then Kristen pretends that things are okay, but they know the true story. And that must be frustrating for them. At the same time, if I were Kristen's friend, I would say, honey, (laughs) please get a therapist because I can't fix this for you. I can't be a good sounding board all the time. I, you know, you shouldn't rely on your friend's for that much emotional support you know yeah, it, it can only go is, on so long she's she's got like she's got some demons like you, you she's just she's a very angry person and extremely anxious especially with the travel and stuff there is some there's some backstory there that i don't quite know about but i think therapy is always a great idea and she's <laughs> just done a great she idea was very everyone. open about how she did it after season two you know when everything came out with her cheating on Tom with right, Jax yeah. and you know so I think she'd be open to it two, yes far out I know <laughs> early days I know isn't Look it crazy how far we've come. so then I wanted to know what do you see for the future because I feel like we're at a crossroads yeah this was this is this was really hard I watched girl I watched because I was been away um for my friend's wedding I had to watch all three reunion episodes basically back to back. Oh my god! And uh, honestly, I my friend my my housemate I was watching on my laptop um, in the lounge room and he's watching TV on you know the TV, and so I had my headphones in and I had to keep taking breaks just to pause between these you new know, Jackson Brittany screaming fires at James. I'm like literally taking a breather. Walking away for a minute, coming back. My friend was watching something on TV about a man. This is a little disturbing. Who had um, he? He worked with. I guess he was a coroner for dead bodies, right? <laughs> and he he had taken a photo. He cut someone's head off, I guess, because he had to for the job. I hope and um, fished out the brain, put it in a jar, and taken a really nice, like smiling, happy photo of himself with this person's brain taking the brain home to his children and got his wife to take happy snaps with more just playing with his brain. And that was more relaxing for me <laughs> than watching Vanderpump Rules. And that's the moment I was like, am I done with this show? Like, <laughs> far out. I was honestly, it was, it was tough going this season. It really, really was. I, I felt like the season wasn't so tough, but the reunion was. I, str- I struggled through the season as well because I missed I missed the old Lala, and I just found her really unbearable. And I, you know, I think a lot of it is the grief. But we had three people on the cast going through extreme grief. Yes. You know, Jax and Lisa as well, and and we also had you know James's tragic backstory. There was not really any endearing positive like anything to kind of keep you laughing and keep you going, except Bo, Bo and and Stacey, That was nice. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. The it's, grief was it's a new tough. age bracket. It's yeah, it's it. I think it really like made everything feel really heavy and and made everyone you know grief really fucks with people. And I think we just saw. I think what we saw coming out in everyone was their experience of their grief, and you know that's where a lot of that anger and and sadness comes from. Mm-hmm. But it didn't come out in in the best ways as grief does tend to do. That's. 100% true. I I did appreciate Jax's grief a lot. Um, and Ariana is the one I appreciate the most. Um, yeah. When she 
opened up more about her dad dying. I started, so I've always watched Vanderpump Rules since the first yeah. episode. You know, we all got tricked into it. it when was... we got tricked in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, it, uh, but I didn't like become obsessed until I was going through a time of really intense grief. Right. You know, it's like you find, I mean, I found Bravo. I had been watching Bravo, but I like found Bravo. It's how a lot of us came to be. Came to be. It was like my <laughs> so apartment true. had burned down. I had, <gasps> I, oh. yeah, um, I was like displaced for six months because I owned it, so I couldn't oh just, my like... God. And then two weeks after that, my mother died. And uh, it was just so dark. I was staying in various, like, Airbnb basements in cold Washington, uh, D.C. in the man, winter. Geez. And the only thing that got me through was watching Bravo. And especially, I started watching Watch What Happens Live. And so a year okay. after this all happened, I met Andy Cohen at his book signing, <gasps> and I told him this story. I was like, Aww. literally the only thing I cared about when I like looked for a new place was making sure they had Bravo on cable, because it's the <laughs> only time that a smile came to my face in yeah. like a full year. And yeah. he, he was like so sweet. He got up and he hugged me, and he's like, thank you for giving my vapid life some meaning. <laughs> Oh, you know, it was so you. sweet, but I really related to Ariana a bit more with yeah. her dealing with the grief because while it was so tough on her, she still powered through. And I feel yeah. like I did that. Like I continued working. I could, cause what are you supposed to do? Like when people are like, you're so strong. It's, what, what am I supposed yeah. to lay in bed all day? Well, I, that's what I did. I was Lala. I, <laughs> I, honestly, I was rage. Like, full of rage and sleeping. Those were, like, I basically became a recluse for, like, a year. when Because my dad died and my best friend died about the same time. Oh, my Like, literally God. months apart. And my boyfriend oh. left me. And so, like, oh this is God. it. We had, we had Bravo, right? Us and our tragedies and our Bravo. Yes. And I was you. I was just like, this is my only lifeblood. <laughs> like, in so a dark room. interesting, though. Through. Because I couldn't but, sleep for, like, a year. I, I didn't sleep through the night. I still have oh. trouble since See, I was the opposite. All I did was sleep. And that, I'm so jealous in a way, because, like, I wish <laughs> yeah. that, because that is all I wanted to do was sleep, you well, know? you wanted to sleep through until things in, are better again. In, yeah, until spring or until summer or something, yeah. you know? And so it was very interesting. I, I did empathize a lot with Jax, because I think he never imagined a time where his father wouldn't be around and I really appreciate the attempts that he's made for change. I don't think he's a 100% changed man, but I do think he is more empathetic to other people now in a way See, I have I, not ever I really seen him I struggle show. with Jax because I feel like he has tricked me so many times. And so <laughs> I honestly, because I, I have always, the way that I am sort of, defending James in James's corner no matter what is how I used to feel about Jax you know like I really he could do anything terrible and I'd be like oh Jax you silly guy you know but now I'm just like he's the real I've believed him I've believed him so many times because he's such a convincing liar mm -hmm. and I just uh, now I'm like I don't know that your mum didn't call you I don't know that you didn't know something was wrong I just don't know so I feel like this is I feel like he's playing a card like it's all I feel like of course he's grieving his dad but I do get the feeling also that this is 
a way for him to score sympathy and forgiveness from Brittany because yes. it's like, you know, yes. like, oh, I don't he know. totally that... used it for Brittany. But I see mm. him having empathy for Lala in a way and having empathy for Ariana and apologizing to yeah. her for how he, you know, I really see him. And I, the fact that Kristen, who was definitely not a Jax fan, and Stasi are kind of like pulling for him now makes me think not that he's a good guy, but that <laughs> something he's something shifted. Like I think I he's so. very thankful for Brittany. Oh well, he better be. He, I mean, Although I don't know if he's thankful enough, but certainly enough mm. for her. <laughs> I don't know. When I saw that that Kentucky come out in Brittany this this reunion, I just felt like. This is the side of Britney we don't see, but this is who she really is. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've never believed that she is as sweet and nice as everyone has said she is. But I'm like, why don't I believe that? Is that just my cold black heart? Like being like just being cynical of people? Is that just is that my problem? And then I don't know. I just always thought like you can't be friends with people this nasty and be around them for this long and enjoy them. If, if you haven't got a bit of that in you. Right. And I was just like, oh, seeing that, like, you know, real, has, as James said, he'll barely come out in her. I was like, hmm, seeing a new side to you, Brittany. Do you think next season James will be around? I'm so, I'm so confused what will happen next season, honestly, because, like, it's it has to transition into a different show now, right? Like, I think they brought... James and Lala and Raquel in to try and like young a bit, but they essentially they're getting older. You know, they are getting married and want to have babies and you know take that transition in life and not get as drunk or take as much Adderall <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and it's I'm not saying they're ruling it out completely, but they don't want to take as much. They're slowing down a little, as we all do in our old age. And so, like, almost is transitioning or almost has to transition into more of a Housewives-esque show. But then there's, like, these young people kind of hanging on that are trying to pull it back into old Vanderpump. I feel like it's two different shows right now and it's a bit confused. Mm -hmm. I think that I've heard rumors that they are potentially going to start shooting a pilot for a similar type show with um, her restaurant in Las Vegas. Ah. And I'm wondering if they could pull James and Raquel on that. I think that's a great idea. You know, we could probably get rid of Billy Lee. Now, look, I really <laughs> love... <laughs> now, look, I love Billy Lee. I don't know. The whole world hates her. But when she speaks, like, for me, the way she's the only one that is telling Lala how she's coming across. Like James is trying, yes. but he can't no. be eloquent with it. Billy is saying the truth and she's saying it in a pretty measured way. And I like every time she's spoken out this season, which is usually to school Lala, I'm like, yes, because that's <laughs> how I feel. And she can say it well. And I, and no, like I just needed her voice of reason because otherwise I'd be watching Lala just thinking, oh my God, am I the only one seeing this? Why isn't anyone saying anything? Right. Well, Ariana did <laughs> feel like say something. Person. Finally, yeah. it took her all season. Right. I think with Billy Lee, something about her doesn't seem authentic to me. 
and it bothers me. She she her whole persona was like I'm vegan and you know peace yeah. and love and namaste and all that <laughs> stuff. And then she's screaming, yeah. and it's like which one are you? Because those two things don't go together in my mind. And I, I know what you're saying. With someone yeah, like Stassi, like Stassi doesn't pretend to be this perfect anything. She's like, mm. I'm messy. I'm a basic bitch. Whatever. <laughs> and she is who she is. And I feel like Billy Lee, maybe part of it is, you know, her, you know, transition and all of that was her trying to figure out who she is again. It's like she Probably, was forced yeah. to live Finding a an life identity. that she didn't want for so long. And now she's able to live the life she wants, but then she's on TV and probably wants to be messy enough to get, you know, back on the show. And I don't know who's giving her advice, but (laughs) I don't think it makes sense because she acts like this whole peace and love. And then it doesn't do like basic stuff that someone who is well grounded would do, such as if she's hurt reach out to the people that hurt her and have a conversation. Yeah, and that's true. And, like, we're at an age now, I'm saying we, because they are my friends. Yes, of and, course. <laughs> well, because they're my best friends. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> we're all in the wedding together. But, there's you know, there's 14 yeah, bridesmaids. It's me and Kirstie again. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I agree with you. Like, I can't follow her Instagram because it right. makes my eyes roll, like, every time there's a quote or, you know, any of that shit like it does bother me and I you know I was a yoga instructor for 10 years and so I'm surrounded by that kind of like hippy dippy you know crystals or soul for worlds problems bullshit every single day and I'm just just like you know what this is this is not for me anymore you know and I you know I I was into it for a minute and grew out of it and I think you're probably right like it it's probably more about her trying to find her identity as a woman um rather than I don't know. I thought that she had a reason to be upset with Katie and the other women. Totally. Like her Mm. lived experience feeling excluded as the only trans woman. But the way that she went about it was so unhelpful. Yeah. That it lost me. I'm like, all you have to do is talk to these women. Just talk to them. Have a conversation. That would have been more compelling TV for me to watch, for her to open up to Katie and say, this is how I grew up feeling excluded. When you did this, it triggered something in me where I felt like I was on the outside again. Maybe you didn't mean it, but this is how it felt. Yeah. I could see Katie really reacting well to that and all of them having a learning moment together. And yeah, that, it just ended up being stupid and obnoxious. And you had to take the side. I mean, I never want to take the side of Lala who's screaming, what is this, <laughs> cisgendered bullshit or something? I'm like, Lala, yeah. you don't know what cisgender is? Like, how the hell are you oh, fucking feminist? Well, no, I don't think, I don't know. She's, yeah, she's, Lala needs to educate herself a little bit. I love <laughs> I love like going out and being like people like oh are you because I have a lot of queer friends and they're like oh are you straight I'm like I am a cisgender heterosexual um, woman identifying as a woman <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just such a shithead but like it's true you just have to educate yourself like it's yeah. 2018 people is it 19 28 why don't we are we fucking hell I just lost a year of my life you just woke <laughs> up for me. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm so jet-lagged. 
<laughs> now, wanted to get your thoughts on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And yeah. speaking of all of the trans issues, wanted to start because I watched this. I was up in the middle of the night. I had a cold this week and allergies, kind of a, sort of a Lisa Rinna illness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I was watching in the middle of the night and I had to rewind three times when Lisa Vanderpump was taking the lie detector test and made a dig at Erica. And yeah. she said, wait, I, I even wrote it down because I was so shocked. She said, okay. Something about tucking? Yeah. So, okay. So John Sessa is there. He gives the questions to the lie detector person. One of them, <laughs> he adds, like, he adds, like, shady questions. Like, yeah. you know, um, has Dorit's face changed in the last year as much as her accent? <laughs> and Damn. LVP's reaction is... Just don't ask me if Erica is tucking it under or anything because there are some things I can't lie about. And then she rolls over laughing. Now, I Oh, yeah, she just thought she was the funniest thing. I replayed that three <laughs> times because I was like, tucking? Like, does she mean like tucking a penis? Like, what is she? And yes, it's a transphobic thing to say. I was yeah. shook. I, I look. I I found it. Look, I I heard about it online before I saw the episode, so I think I was kind of expecting more. Worse. Yeah, yeah, worse, worse. Um, so I think that I was because I was kind of holding my breath, waiting for it, and then I was like, oh, okay. But I find that stuff difficult for me to comment on because I w- wasn't affected by it. Um, I wasn't like uh, like yeah, up. In, I wasn't like up in arms about it, but. I, it's like any issue that you're not directly impacted by, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not a person of color, so I find it difficult to relate. Like I can hear when something is upsetting and, and r- racist, but it doesn't directly affect me. So I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, how right. that, that if- comment like that would feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't have said it myself. But, I guess but I, yeah, the I, reason I was so shocked by it is because LVP like puts herself forward as this like fairy godmother of LGBTQ mm. equality, and for someone else to say it, especially on like Atlanta, where they're routinely making obnoxious comments about the LGBT community. But, like, this is coming from someone who is parading herself as the ultimate ally. Yeah, I know. And I heard, um, oh, did I hear? I don't know. I saw something this week, um, whether I read it online or heard it on a podcast. Who is to say? But somebody was saying they think, you know, Lisa is almost using the community as um, kind of a, a to, to gain those followers and gain those people as fans where she doesn't really give a fuck basically. And I've kind of felt that way for a little while. I don't think she wants to do the community any harm whatsoever. No. And maybe she is a true supporter, but there is something that feels inauthentic about it. I feel like it was kind of a business decision to be on this LGBTQI um, community support bandwagon that I feel like she's using it for. And I'd never heard anyone call her out on that before. And, you know, I was like, oh, I can't really – I felt bad for having those thoughts, you know, because you, you think any any support is good support, and I believe that. I think having, you know, Billy Lee on Vanderpump is amazing because at least it's visibility, um, which is, you know, great for normalising those aspects of the community that aren't, you know, that can be, I don't know, discounted a lot of the time. 
Yeah. But yeah, something does feel inauthentic about it. It's interesting. The way that I'd seen her prior to these, the season was kind of parading as someone who supported maybe like white gay men, because that's all who I saw her surrounded with. And like men of a certain socioeconomic status who live in West Hollywood, who wear certain clothing and act a certain way. You go to pump or sir and see how people Mm. are dressed or what they look like. And it's like a certain type of gay man that she has in her head. And Andy Cohen. Yes. As opposed to like all of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with you there, too. So, yeah, I, I do I appreciate, like, she became, you know, ordained to be able to marry people as soon as the right to marry became equal in the U.S. and only performed gay and lesbian weddings, which I think is fantastic. But, yeah. you know, I really thought this was a nasty comment to make. She did apologize for it, and she did mention the amount of transgender women, particularly women of color, who have died in the U.S. recently. So that made it, like, a lot better. It was like, she wasn't just apologizing for her rude comment. She used it for the platform. Explaining. So I think she really is a true ally. But, you know, Billy Lee did kind of defend her, saying our allies don't come perfect. And we do right. have to call them out, but you can do it in a kind way. So I, yeah. I agree with that. I think that's a great comment, actually. Because, I mean, yeah, like, I have a, a bunch of lesbian friends. And I remember, like, sometimes, or trans friends, and sometimes, you know, you, you forget and you use the wrong pronoun and stuff. And I always feel so bad. And it's just, you know, like, it's, I've never been, like, a, you know, called out on it or anything like that. But I'll just apologize if I use the wrong pronoun or whatever. And, um but, yeah, it's nice to know that there are people that kind of just like, you know what, it's all right to make mistakes. It doesn't it's okay mean to make that mistakes. I just thought it doesn't mean was, you're not um, an ally. A calculated mistake, and it was really nasty yeah. towards Erica. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really a, a, approve. I think that it was just one of these stupid British jokes, which I hate people when people say that because it's gaslighting. It um, is. It's so it's is. bullying. I yeah. work with so many British people. I spend half my day working with British people. Like mm. I've never felt that they use the humor as an excuse to be nasty. I only see it coming from Lisa. It's like, oh, you don't understand right. the humor or PK. It's like you're just being a dick. There are people here that that I mean, I'm obviously in Britain at the moment, but. I have noticed it quite a bit, um, especially toward me, because I have quite a, you know, intense sense of humor, <laughs> and and people will just, you know, they'll they'll make jokes, and then it can basically just be really rude, yeah. Um, yeah, being just being a dick, and then be like, oh well, it's just banter, it's just banter, love, and I'm like, well, it's not banter, you're being a wanker. I was about to say the c word, <laughs> <laughs> been here too long. <laughs> Like, yeah, you, I mean, and that's what people do in, in primary school when they make fun of you and they're just like, it's just a giant, get over it. I'm like, well, you've hurt my feelings, so it's not funny, you know? I just yeah. don't love that sense of humor. I think it's it's a disguise for being rude. I agree. So what do you think of the lie detector test? Well, that was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. But, I mean, ugh, I've never believed it. I've never really gotten the whole lie detector test thing. And as Mauricio stoned off his <laughs> noggin <laughs> would say <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, I love, love stoned love Mauricio. Even more. <laughs> 
um, yeah, that you know they're not even admissible in court. So right, like, that that's was so confusing. That yeah. he the guy kept on saying according to all federal guidelines and regulations for use in court. I'm like these are used. For like pre-trial, not for actual trial. Used on Dr. Phil. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's where they belong. It just seemed so ridiculous and staged. And like Lisa Rinna said, like you can submit your own questions, you know? So Yeah, they did. <laughs> someone mentioned along the line somewhere that um, this guy is like on all the TLC shows. He's like, if you want to hire somebody for your reality show to do a lie detector test, you hire this guy because he's easily paid off. <laughs> like, no way. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true. I think I heard that on Bitch, Bitch Search or something. And But yeah, I was just like, oh my God, that's hilarious. So from the word go, I was just like, this is total BS. That is so funny. Oh, man. Mm. Well, my favorite part of the entire week was Mauricio getting stoned. Me too. I rewound it like five times. I was laughing so hard. Was he just making faces at at Dorit? Well, he also, (laughs) I think like, you know, sometimes when you're stoned, like your eyes kind of are like, you like blink a lot because like your vision's a little, yeah, they get kind of dry. So I think he was like blinking a lot. And then he was making that, (laughs) you know, toast for Camille and David, like, they get a second chance at love, and he kept on saying, and hopefully, and hopefully, yeah, and, like, and yeah. they were like, okay, how many times are you going to say hopefully? And he's like, did I say it a lot? Yeah. Though, after all that, and then he's like, who's getting married again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, he's just the cutest. He's so Yeah, no, I have, I have a massive soft spot for him. I just think he is... He's so in love with Kyle. Like I just, I really believe their love story, and I just, I just think they're. He's the kind of, he's the perfect man for me. <laughs> him he and Tom, too. I um, love him. He's, he's also, you know, Edible. I'm always afraid of like how Jews on TV come across. I was saying earlier about how PK <laughs> yeah. and Dorit. How like I'm glad they don't showcase their Judaism because it would just make us look even worse. <laughs> like we've been through enough yeah, as a people. Yeah. But when Mauricio and like they talk about how he's a Jew from Mexico, I'm like, yeah, showcase this. <laughs> it's so good, so good. <laughs> well, speaking so of funny. how different cultures come across on TV, shall we transition to? Australia, Michael and Potomac. Oh my God! Yes, I can't deal. Like honestly, <laughs> please don't. Like this is my call out to all listeners. Please don't associate my me and my brand of human with that man. Like honestly, oh, he so makes me gross. cringe. He's so gross. I but so gross. And this is again part of the patriarchy and me and television. But I'm also like, what's wrong with you, Ashley, for staying with him? Like, I should be yeah, blaming exactly. him for his behavior and not her for staying with him. But somehow I'm like, Ashley, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I, you're so right. Yeah. And for her, it's it's got to be kind of just, it's like the Tinsley of it all with Scott. You stay because she wants a baby and she feels like she's running out of time and this is her opportunity, right? Yes. Even though she's like, I can't think of anything worse than having a child with a man that you're not in love with. I honestly can't think of anything worse. So, and I mean, this, look. And I always feel bad <laughs> saying like people have daddy issues 
you know, because you yeah. don't know someone's background. But for some, she seems to have some sort of issue, like with her father and Michael being like her father's age. And, you know, I yeah. always hate saying it with like Erica Jane, but, you know, she also had an issue with an absent father and her husband is like a grandpa. So, but yeah. With, it's so it's just weird to me. It doesn't mean it's wrong or that they're not truly in love, but it's just something seems no, a no. bit off. But also with the men who want to be with women that are so much younger than them. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. So this past episode, she throws a birthday party for her uncle who's 52 and Michael might be older than that. And <laughs> it's a 90s theme party. And Michael's wearing the weirdest outfit. It's like overalls, but like one isn't clipped in. And his shirt has flags <laughs> on it from like different countries. Okay. I'm wondering, is like, okay. is it countries from the 90s? Like, does it still have like, I don't know. Countries from the 90s? I was wondering. I'm mean? like, is it, do you still have Sudan, but not South Sudan on there? Like Zaire? Like, oh, what, how old are we going? You know? <laughs> like the nerd in me. Um, and oh my God. meanwhile, it's probably just from some music video from like the early nineties or something. So at this party, he is hitting on this guy. Uh, I don't remember who the guy is. It's a good looking man. And he's asking him how often he works out and, you know, things like that. And then the camera crew <laughs> goes home. Cause it's like, I don't know what time it is. But Robin has all this footage on her cell phone, and they continue drinking for another three to four hours. Robin doesn't even remember half the night. She doesn't remember half the videos that they're showing. But she does remember people talking, and at one point, Michael's saying, yeah, I'd suck his dick. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God. And I think... And then later... Okay. Later... Um, Michael gives his mic to the camera crew and says, um, I don't think my mic was working, um, but that's probably, you know, a good thing because I might have said some things I, you know, regret. And they're like, no, we didn't hear anything. That's what the production says (gasps) to him. Um, So I think this all happened like after production left. But I'm wondering if this is the night in question where he grabbed a cameraman's ass and later got charged. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is the oh, time that it happened. My God. And Robin, I can't wait to catch up on that. Robin is like trying to put it out of her head that she heard him say this, but she so can't forget did she, it. So she doesn't have the recording of him saying that. She just yeah. heard overheard him say that. Yeah. Oh my God. Has she told Ashley? <gasps> no, this, this oh my all God. just happened. So this season this is, is good. It is so good. And, and I love that they're filming at places I know. Oh, they should not so call good. this the Real Housewives of Potomac. It's the Real Housewives of the DMV, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia. The whole area. <laughs> they show downtown DC all the time. And it is just so fascinating because I'm like, I know where they are. I know the areas that they're hanging out in. And my God, That's I think fun. it is going to be an incredible season. Oh, my God. Well, I just love Karen. I think she is the funniest thing on TV. 
She's just what dreams are made of. She's fantastic <laughs> television. <laughs> if you have not seen it yet, she was on Watch What Happens Live this week with DJ Khaled. And it was one of the funniest combinations I've seen of people on Watch What Happens oh Live. My oh my God, I'm going to have to watch it. I just love her. Everything she says, the way she speaks, everything, she just makes me laugh no matter what. She's so, so funny. Yes, that's, my, that's my homework is catching up on Potomac. So I've smashed everything else out in two days and I'm just exhausted. <laughs> so where do you catch the episodes if you're abroad or you're not so in they the US? have Yeah, in, in Australia we have a program called Hey You. Yes. And it's in the like UK all as well. TV. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like the Bravo shows and the Kardashians, which I don't watch, but um and it has like some other random true crime stuff and Tyler Henry, which I love. So yeah, it's, it's a riot. Oh my God. That's <laughs> so funny. How did you get into Bravo? If oh. like, was this in Australia when you started watching? Yeah. Well, I started watching, I had a spinal surgery about seven or eight years ago. Girl. And, um, <laughs> that's <sighs> quite a recovery. Well, so I was in bed for about six months and that's when my reality TV bug sort of bit. Um, I started out with, like, I actually started out, what it was called, with Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew and Uh just kind of like, I don't remember how I came to Bravo from there, but it must have just been like, this is my life now. Like these, (laughs) no, I came from the hills and Laguna Beach and then that kind of led me into, you know, then we had the OC, the actual TV show. And then when Real Housewives of OC came out, I was like, yes, this yes. is great. So that's my entire, like, teenage Your origin like, story. sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> Going from the hills to Laguna Beach to whatever that spinoff with Whitney, what's her name was. Oh, when oh they're in God. New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the clothing one, <laughs> Whitney Port, <laughs> working oh, at like Teen Seriously. Vogue. Yeah. Oh my god. Was, my brother texts me one day in the city in Melbourne, and he's like, "Oh my god, Whitney Port's here!" It's like the opening of some store. This is already like ten years on since she had any like part of fame. And we were both just, like, losing our shit that Whitney Port would come to Australia. That is amazing. So where can people find you? So the best place to find me is um, if you want to connect with me on Instagram, at Reality TV and me. Or, yeah, if you're listening to this show, it's um, Reality TV and me on, I guess, Apple, iTunes, um, Spotify and SoundCloud are the best places to find me. Um, yeah, but yeah, follow me on Insta. That's awesome. I love getting DMs from people. And if you can five-star review me, that's always appreciated. Yes. Just help me sky ro- skyrocket to fame. <laughs> <laughs> I love five it. Five-stars, thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. This has been a delight, and we have to get together again. Please. I would love that. Okay, take care. Bye.
also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.